Hello, one and all. It's good to be back. This is the Mastering Portrait Photography Podcast. Uh, apologies for the uh, distinct gap in the podcast production. Uh, as all photographers know, uh, the summer, of course, is everybody's busy period, and that's no different for us. It's been really, really busy, really productive, really exciting, a ton of stuff going on, uh, much of which we'll get to talk about on this podcast. Of course, we have a ton of news, all sorts of updates. However, this particular podcast, we're just going to focus on one person, which is the ever-wonderful Sue Kay. Now, I've been mates with Sue for quite a long time, and over the past few years, she has been the chair of judges for the MPA International Photography Competition. And I thought it would be a wonderful thing to do is to sit down and have a chat with her about her experiences as a judge, as a photographer, as a creative, and in her role as having to keep an eye on a whole bunch of photography judges and make sure they're going in the right direction. So Sue and I sat in my studio uh, and you can hear the fact it's in my studio because you can hear the noise going on in the background and we drank coffee and we laughed and we talked about her life in the industry. And my opening question, of course, was how did you become a photographer in the first place? I came into photography, I, I'd always loved photography, full stop, same as, as 90% of the profession probably. And I'd grown up with it. My dad was a photographer. My dad had a... Uh, dark room in our loft when I was growing up and then moved into his studio and when I and when we went on holiday I was I was the one with the camera dad never had a camera on holiday and I remember going to some I was probably about I can't remember between seven and ten to a convention in Atlanta with him the PPA convention and that's quite a treat. That is quite a treat. I haven't yeah. managed to go to I, any of the US conventions. I think he was going and my mum and I got dragged along and we went in and out and whatever. I didn't see much of it, but I did come home with a little T-shirt that I've still got. It's about this big. <laughs> so on, on, on record, that would be about say, well, 8 inches translate wide. very well, but it's um, about a foot square. And it you? says something like, I'm developing dot, dot, dot into a photographer. Yeah. And at the time I thought, oh my God, I'm never going to wear that. Anyway, so when I was going off to uni, I said to him, I want to study photography and he said no bottom line was no go and get sensible father yeah go and get a proper job were his exact words which apparently his mother had said to him and whatever so I trained as a teacher and while I was teaching I just thought he's helping so many other people and he also became ill he had um I think he had a heart valve replacement at the time or something and he um I just thought, I'm, I'm going to miss out here. If anything happens to my dad, and so many other people have learnt from him, and I've learned absolutely nothing about photography, I will always regret it. At the time, I was going through a difficult time at home, um, relationship-wise, and I just thought, you know what, go away. Had a couple of months away, and the school I was teaching in, the headmaster was amazing, said, I don't care how long you take, I want you back. Go away and come back to me. And while I was away, I decided, I, I learned a bit about photography in terms of qualifications. And I thought, you know what, I'm going to apply for my licensiateship without my dad knowing, because my dad had a business partner. 
And I thought, I can't just go along and say, can I come and work with you? I had to go and prove that I was worthy. So I did. I applied for my licensiateship and I passed with the RPS. And so I was able to go to both of them and say, please, can I work with you? And I did. And that's where it's gone from there. Brilliant. So that's my start into photography. And so you've developed that and become, I mean, a really well-known, I would say a portrait photographer. Have I got, yeah. That's what yeah, I know yeah, yeah. you for. Well, yes. At the end of the day, portraits is the only way I make money. Right. But I just love photography. And, and I know that's a real cliche, but I just love photography. I don't, don't mind what style, what genre, whatever. I do... Um, I went into sort of travel illustrative work, yeah. which is probably one of my biggest passions, but it doesn't earn me so money. So it's a tough industry. I love wildlife that's tied in with travel. I, I'm not a wildlife photographer to go and sit in a bird hide yes. for a day. <laughs> Having said that, a few years ago, on a couple of days we sat in the car, did not move for over six hours, but it was in Africa, so it's quite different. Yeah. And we waited and waited, and one day it worked, and one day it didn't, that nothing happened. But that that is a love of mine. And more recently, um, street photography, right. which having le started to learn about it, I find fascinating, yeah. and that there is, it's not just a, um, a record, it's a designed record, it's a planned record. Not planned in the sense that you get someone to walk past at a certain time, but planned that you are looking what's about yeah. to happen into the, in the scene, and that's fascinating. And even iPhone photography I love. So yes, in terms of what I do, in order to earn some money, I work as a portrait photographer. Nice. Mainly families, yeah. um, it's been a lot of um, large groups, yeah. which I'm very happy with because that's something that not that many people are comfortable with. They pay well. And more recently, <laughs> um, a lot of pets and dogs. Right. Which again, I just, I think I just get bored. Mm. And I think I need to to do different things. Ah, oh, so you've touched on a subject we were chatting about before. And I was going to bring this up later, so let's hit that that's now. That's fine. So uh, this is a podcast I recorded last week which is uh, my views, or my thoughts, not views, thoughts on whether you should do the same thing over and over or whether you should constantly be trying different things of being, um, or trying to, I've got to be very hard because I'm waiting the question, right? I'm trying really hard to give an open question uh, and to go into it. But what I, and this is not the conversation about whether you should brand yourself as the portrait photographer or the wedding photographer and only this is not that conversation this is about whether in, in in when you bring a family in you do a series of set pieces you always do the same set pieces for instance or whether you you see them you react to them and you try and do you put yourself under pressure to try and do something different what's where do you well i already know the answer because we were talking earlier so talk to me about your view on that uh, my view is probably that as long as you are producing what the client wants, it's, it's okay. And the reason a lot of photographers will keep changing is because they get bored. Now, at the end of the day, your clients are coming to you for a style. So if your style is one light, one background, you have to stick to that if that's what they're paying you for. If you then want to suggest to them, 
that we could now go outside or we could now, you know, change this completely. I think that you just have to go with it, go with your clients, um, what they need, what they want. If you find after three months it was great fun for you, but you haven't ever sold one of those, then you know that actually that's not why people want you. If you can adapt and say, I do a variety of this, this and this, do you want studio, do you want outdoors, do you want whatever, then I actually don't know the answer to the no. question about that. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, I mean, I kind of think it was, it was more of an interesting discussion point rather than a clear-cut decision because my observation, and this is what I said in the podcast, is that if you look at some of the big Instagram social media feeds, the really big numbers very often more often than not, from what I've seen, come from photographers who do one thing. In, in some instances, it's one shot. It hasn't mm-hmm. changed in the whole of their feed. And, you know, 250,000 followers later. The only thing about that, I would say, is styles change, fashion changes. Mm. Um, look back, yes, we went through the purely classical uh, old master's background fake plants whatever and that's all anyone did and everyone loved it then they wanted the white background they wanted the jumping around whatever then we've probably gone on to more location stuff and now i think that unless people go back to a photographer because they love the photographer and want to replicate what they had 10 years ago with their first or second child um I don't think it matters. I think that that you've just got to be aware that yes, you can build a brand on a style that is very, very specific, but in three years' time, are you able to now change and adapt and, and move on if um, if that's not wanted anymore? I, I don't think it's a discussion that necessarily will get anywhere. We could bat it around all day. What I am going to push to talk about is... Uh, competitions and associations so you've been an association chair mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. um, you are still heavily involved with the associations and I know you've mentioned the RPS I know but you had a history of the BIPP um, and I met you through the MPA yep sorry <laughs> sorry listener uh, Royal Photographic Society British Institute of Professional Photographers and the Master Photographers Association are the RPS BIPP and MPA respectively uh, and I get so confused with all of those, particularly now we have our own site called Mastering Portrait Photography. That which was very, just, very careless. Just, I know, but it was the title of the book. And so the, or the the publisher gave us the title. We didn't have anything to do with oh, it. Oh, okay. So it wasn't what I we thought put, you'd chosen that. No, God, no. I don't, I, well, you know what I'm like. It would be, like, be something stupid like just getting to grips with portrait photography a little bit maybe. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have picked three... Three words. Three strong words. I would have picked half a dozen kind of... <laughs> waffly bits. Waffly bits. Yeah. Uh, so, no, uh, we didn't you pick that. You could have that. called it How to Waffle Your Way Through Being... Yeah, I could have done it. Maybe that will be the next book okay. in, the, in the series. Okay. Uh, but the publishers already have a whole mastering series. So, no, we inherited the title. And, of course, now yeah. it causes me no end of confusion because uh, it sounds too yeah, close to the MPA for my liking. And people think we did it deliberately and we didn't. Uh, Don't worry. As long I, as it I, works, it's fine. It's still their best-selling books. It's sold very, it's worked very well. Um, I like to think it's because of something we did, but I'm, you know. Uh, I was going to talk about competitions because that's how I met you. Mm-hmm. You were chair of the judging yep. for one of the rounds of the Master Photographers Association yep. uh, International 
um, annual competitions. And I wanted to, I suppose, chat with you about competitions, their relevance or not in today's market, and then roll that forwards onto qualifications and all sorts of bits. So in, in terms of competitions, in your experience, what do you think of them? Ignore the fact you're still the chair of judges, so you, you know, I can't I, say I, it's I, not worth doing. Can I? Say, <laughs> I think competitions are fab. Um, they, sorry, cut that. I don't say fab. It was only because Sarah was there and I was raving to her. This bloody podcast. <laughs> right. I'm going to leave all of this intact. I'm no, just going to let it don't, run don't through. Don't you dare. Chaos, haven't I? Yeah. Don't you dare. Yeah, well, well, lucky, the... lucky to see me. Oh, oh right, you just chat <laughs> in the middle of my podcast. Sorry. Um, right, competitions. I think competitions have a massive value. They, for the, for the photographer and for their business and for their marketing, um, I think that it's a way that you push yourself. And I don't know whether to talk about competitions first or, or qualifications, but it's the same um, process in the sense mm. that you are trying to either get recognition for what you do on a daily basis because you're... Do you want another cup of tea? You're... <laughs> Don't interrupt, you have to Sorry. have to Sarah, I can hear the kettle boiling in the background. Sarah's making a pot if you want it's a cup fine. of tea. It's fine, thanks. Um, process, qualifications say? versus competitions. Yes, similar process. it's a yourself. similar process in the sense that you... There, there's a couple of ways of looking at it. You can either... Um, say this is my everyday work i want to be judged on it and is it good enough for awards which is fabulous i mean just that is the the ultimate that your everyday work is award-winning um and and i don't want to sound that that probably sounds a bit rude that the average person their everyday work is not award-winning your everyday work is um I kind of know where you're going. Okay, so you your everyday work, you cannot, or very few people, can produce a session of, say, 30 to 50, whatever you would show your client, 30 to 50 award-winning images. Yeah. Okay, so so it's a different level. That I'll talk about with qualifications. Yeah. Okay, so your, your um, awards entries are either... Um, set up separately so they are taken when you when you you plan it you design it you structure it um, as something that is either completely different from your normal work that you just want to get recognition for or you it's always hard do you know to what I, I want to cut the sound start again you're going to you're going in the direction I expected you to go into. So here, I mean, I was, and we're going to mingle it for a moment, qualifications and competitions, right? So let's just deal with them as one entity for a moment. And then I'll pair them back we out. We start with qualifications, it's easier. Well, I don't know necessarily that there's any difference between them except who you compete with. So for instance, my viewpoint on this is I think people should do competitions or qualifications, I think they're powerful, I think they're energising, I think they push you. But there is a difference in the psychology because if you produce your best work for qualifications, 
you're being measured, hopefully, by a panel of qualified judges or experienced judges who are basically asking one question, which is the following. Am I happy or are we happy that this photographer's work gives them a recognition that we would be happy they're part of our peer group? That's qualifications. Competitions, you can produce your best work and get nothing because the guy next to you produced something in the judge's opinion that's better, certainly high scoring. And so the end game of the two is slightly different, but the thought process process for me is identical. So what you were talking about is is interesting, particularly as most of the rule set has to be commissioned work. So in theory, most categories for most competitions, not all, but for most, require you to have had a client of mm-hmm. some description. Yep. So that let's and we'll stay close to that because I know with fine art and with certain fashion things and and stock library stuff you can kind of break out of that to a degree but that's where I was going to go with the end of the what you were saying about defining a style through your your sessions that's what we always say that you you create and produce during the session what your client wants needs expects done and then you allow yourself with that client if they are prepared to extend it, expand it, be slightly, not necessarily more creative, but change something that you feel could make it into an award-winning image. Um, Whether it is adding extra light, um, changing backgrounds, changing setting, changing clothing, whatever it might be, you're still working with the same client. You're also showing your client your adaptability that you can do other things other than necessarily that. But you also don't want to throw them and say for them to then say oh my god we well, want a whole session like that we don't want what we originally came for so you're you're sort of in a way going around in circles oh always but the, the nice thing is as long as each time you go through the loop you change something yes you're yeah. gradually it's like a screw thread yeah you're working right. towards something yeah. so you are right you, you do go in circles um but we, we've had some interesting experience with that so one of the things i back in 2008 which is when i went full-time i was very lucky to win one of the categories at the MPA Nationals, which was uh, parent and child photography. Yeah, that category doesn't exist as in that form anymore. And the shot that won, my client didn't like. And there's the rub, is the stuff that does well in competitions is based on the experience we've had here, is very often a shot that the client will pass over. Okay, well, there's a... A possible reason for that, okay? So the reason, the the images or photographs, whatever you want to call them, that your client wants are a represent a true representation of their family, of their child, of whatever it is, okay? Within, with the print judging, what we're doing, or with awards, we're saying on every level, does this score highly? So does it have impact? Does it have huge technical ability does it have design is the color balance right is the post-processing right so we're judging on so many different categories that your client whilst you can give them something that would score 100 percent and has a wow factor and we love the very neutral expression on that child and it's it's bland and arty and whatever it might be if that client says, but my child is always smiling, they're not going to buy it. That's right. 
And so there's the difference. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, I'm very lucky that the client I won it with um, is somebody I've known for many years. I went to university with them and they commissioned me to photograph their new family. They've got a child. And um, I grabbed a shot. It was, you know, the judges hate it when I say this, but I grabbed a shot. I saw the shot, grabbed it. So it's, it's very raw because yeah. I'd gone off to scout and came back and I saw them sitting on a bench with their baby. And the baby's watching me because I'm running back towards them. Took the shot. And I asked my client, why didn't you like it? And he said, I want my family to look happy. And that's it. Exactly. So and this leads me on to the next part of the question, which is, I get asked this a lot when I go into talks at camera clubs and things. Why do competition images, why do we rank moodiness, technique, colour balance, cropping, all these kind of technical aspects of, a, of an image over the emotion? in the opinion of a lot of photographers, particularly, and as you said earlier, we're at a stage where the market is, there's a predomination of lifestyle photography, outdoors, mm -hmm. laughing, jovial, running around, and those images rarely do well. And I get asked this a lot, why do you think, or how do you, as a chair of judges, deal with the balancing act between all of those technical aspects and the emotion of an image, particularly in the context where lifestyle photography predominates. <laughs> um, I, sorry, that sounds, that's a really wordy long question, but the reality is, if you entered what you shot and your clients love every day, you're unlikely to win competitions. Why? I think it depends what the competition is. I think if you... Um, I think it depends what the the sub the category is. So if you've got a a family, if you're going for a family portrait, and they're all laughing, to me it has as much value as a very serious family portrait. If you're going for an under fives where they're moody or they're in hysterics, they to me they have as much chance as each other. I do get what you're saying, but if you actually break it down, yes. In, in the arty sense, the, the more serious expressions tend to have possibly higher success. And you're right, I, don't, I can't put my finger on why. I think it also depends what we've seen entered. I'm not sure people necessarily enter as many jovial, happy, uh, carefree pictures because they may feel that they're being judged and, and on a technical issue that actually goes back many years that we did used to judge or we used to be judged I you know I've been in the same position I've been on the receiving end as well and we used to be judged far more on all the classical posing techniques hands in the right place chin slightly down whatever it might be so I think that to me that's gone out the window I, I think it depends what category you're entering in do you yeah I do because I, if thinking back, we don't see many laughing, jumping around pictures um, that are clean and tidy and well posed, and yeah, and that's where. Eventually, you came back to where I thought you might. Which is, I think, I think people confuse. As a, I mean, I'm a judge. I judge a lot, like you do. And I think people think we ignore 
the emotion in an image and actually it couldn't be further from the truth yeah. it's at the top of every single judging scorecard i've ever seen well that impact. that has that has the impact. impact so yeah but a child just a child laughing is an everyday kind of thing so the impact is immediately diminished it might be a beautiful image in which case all of the rest of it has to be so good that a just a happy child mm-hmm. is not enough or a happy parent or a happy bride you know these are not enough a bride and groom with their heads tilted back, killing themselves, laughing at some speech moment, that has impact. They do come through. We do see them. They do get there. Yep. Um, it's, it's the reason why there's... A, I can't remember the, the photographer's name. She did a whole study of children crying. They gave children sweets and then took them off them. And as they <laughs> erupted into hysterical tears, she took the picture. And, of course, that has that, that impact. That has impact, yeah. Exactly the opposite end of the spectrum as to a laugh. Um, but it has this... You know, immediately, it's a visceral. Reaction. I think impact is whilst we judge everything equal, every section of the the judging is in theory equal. Of course, impact is huge, and that's why when we are judging as chair, I have to make sure that people are not judging purely on impact. Mm. So I can have someone can you can score something ninety five because you are absolutely blown away with it and if if we find that actually the when we look in far more detail the processing is bad or the um there's some reflection that we hadn't noticed or whatever that shouldn't be there then we need to discuss it and and every print we are meticulous that Mm. every print is scrutinized in the sense that we are giving the right reward to a photographer and we're not going to be criticised ourselves, which yeah. I know at the end of the day, we, we can only offer our opinion. And that's why any of these um, international competitions, we have five judges, yeah. we have a chair of judges, we have two people who are spare judges as such, so that if there's any question that you may know who took the photograph, you may have seen it numerous times and it's going to lose out because is lost the impact with you, you will step away and someone else will take your place. And everything is given such care to get the right answer and we can only go with what we see. But you can never, you can never win that conversation. No, no. Because it, I said this now, I, um, I presented it at a camera club, Portsmouth way, lovely bunch of people, but in the interval, so I got, like you do, like you do the camera club and you've got two halves of my presentation yeah. all set up. And it's quite different. I had my cup of tea and it, while having my cup of tea in the interval, about 12 people came to me and talked about or asked about judging and why this this conversation, it's the same conversation I've had a thousand times. Why, you know, why do we judge all of these little details when in fact it's all about impact? And they'd obviously had an experience with a judge and he'd been pretty rude and I don't believe in judges being rude anyway. And so instead of doing my second half presentation, I dragged out my images that I've entered into competitions. Mm -hmm. I've always got copies of all my stuff with me on the laptop. And I self-critiqued, I self-judged and explained why I'd not won with these images and why some had won with these images. As best I could recall judges' comments, but also now as a judge, having worked a number of years in that role, you get you, you look at your images slightly differently, particularly historical images where you can go back, oh yeah, that's awful. <laughs> you know? I've always said that. I've always said you have to be so critical with your own work. You've got to forget what went into it. Yeah. A lot of people, I don't care if a picture's taken, and I've been in this position, 
I've had two pictures in competition. One, I had hiked up to the top of a sand dune at three o'clock in the morning with a very serious injury on my leg, but it was my only day to get up there. And it took me probably three or four hours climbing and got up there. And I had pictures on the taken from a moving truck that I was sitting on. Yeah. Now, you can't say the one where I put so much effort into it is going to score better because the judges don't know what goes yes, into it. Right. And, and my first, in fact, my first competition I ever entered was, it, it was that, comp that those pictures were in. And another one I took was at sunrise, people sitting on top of a sand dune. And I was, a, I was in the audience, I was watching the judging, I was listening to them to critique my work. And they were saying, one of the judges said, oh, this photographer's just missed it. It was taken just too late. It was, you know, <laughs> the sun had just gone down. I'm sitting there thinking, the sun was going up, the sun was going up. How? But all we can do yeah. is judge what we're presented with. And we, we can't be expected to know everything. We can't be expected to know what was going on in the background at this wedding. Um, we just judge what we see. And, and so anyone I mentor, anyone I advise, I talk to them about the different categories we're judging on. And I say, okay, it doesn't have as much impact for you because you've seen it numerous times, but be really critical. Look at it. Can you honestly say you couldn't have improved that lighting? Can you honestly say that is the best retouching you could ever have done? Why have you left two catch lights in the eyes or something? Mm. Oh, I hadn't noticed that. Yeah, you never notice your own. And so you, you're you the worst judge of your own work because you think it's great. Yeah. You it, know what went into it. Also it also doesn't help that most competitions have, I think, the longest time frame at the moment is two years. Yeah. So it's got to be taken within the last two years. Whereas actually when you look at images you took five years ago, the defects become quite apparent. Oh, God. <laughs> because yes, exactly. you're no longer attached exactly. to the memory. You just see the picture and you can, oh, really? I, I entered that. Yeah, so sorry, I'm not sure where that came from, but... Whatever you'd said, <laughs> that was a sort of answer to yeah, it. No, it's, 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 it's an interesting thing. And I suppose what I want, in the end, if I have, if this particular podcast has one purpose other than to talk to someone who I really admire and find interesting, and hopefully people are listening to it find you interesting, but it's also to encourage people to... So I've asked you questions about whether you think qualifications and judging and competitions are valid, and I'm hoping that that's come across as a yes, uh, because I do too. And I'd like to encourage people to enter competitions, to enter the qualifications process, not necessarily for any good reason, except that it's you get a consistent feedback or reasonably consistent feedback. So there's tons of websites out there, 365 and 12 and 52 and all of these ones where, you know, every day you can create an image mm -hmm. and put it up and get it critiqued or every month or whatever. And that's great, but you're being critiqued by an unknown audience and you have no control of what they're going to say and you have a whole heap of stuff coming your way if you do those that's fine if you love that stuff and it pushes you and you're pretty thick-skinned go for it but for me competitions and qualifications offer the opportunity to produce images and then have a sensible discussion about the merits of those images now I didn't always agree with it 
still don't always agree with it. I mean, why would I think that my image shouldn't win? I never yeah, do. I always think my image should win. <laughs> yeah, I'm like every other photographer. Of course my images should win. Bah! The judges know nothing. Uh, but the reality isn't that. And the reality is that, you know, the judges for competitions, This is and this is the key difference, in my opinion, between qualifications and competitions, is that competitions are a ranking exercise. You take all the images and you have to find exactly. some method of taking from one to 3,000 in rank order. So of course we're very picky about the detail because sometimes that's the only difference yeah. between two images. Qualifications are different. Qualifications. Sorry, can I just interrupt? Of course you can. The one thing to make perfectly clear there is everything is anonymous. Oh yeah. So, yeah, yeah. so neither of us said it, but no, um, none of the judges yeah. know who has taken this image. Yeah. In so, theory. In theory. But that's why I'm saying there are spare judges yeah. that if you need to step away, if you feel you know whose it is or whatever, I would want you to say, I'm not judging this. Yeah. And that's why I just do feel that I know that there has been talk, There have there's always comments. <laughs> and, and when there's comments, oh, he's won again or she's won again, it's not because they're known, it's because they're bloody good photographers, yeah. you know, and, and right. I think that has to be recognised. <laughs> well, that has to be recognised yeah. that, that it's not on a on yeah. a friendship basis at all yeah. obviously with qualifications you know who's the work is you do but it's a, it's a different judging yeah process. so that's yeah. leads on and, to what you're about to say with, i think with qualifications um particularly i think all the associations now to the best of my knowledge include a working profile as part of that process we are actually taking into account some other stuff mm -hmm. because we want if, if we give someone professional letters we want them to represent whichever association we're judging on the behalf of to represent that association well. Yeah. And so yes, we do look at insurance and the characterization of them and how they present themselves and are they professional. Um, nearly all of the qualifications are professional qualifications, not all, um, but near, certainly the ones I get involved with. And so yeah, we do know the photographer, but that's different, you're competing with yourself there. And so I find both psychologies interesting. I would steer people towards qualifications first. Yes, um, yeah. I think. I mean, awards can be demoralising yeah, completely. So. Yeah, yeah. I cry every time. You put you put something in, you know it is the best picture ever. Yeah. That's and then you're told it's not. Yeah, and yeah. you think, well, what have I got well, to do? What's wrong with you? Yeah, it, right. Obviously, the judges are to blame, clearly. Yeah, judges um, know nothing. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I agree. Definitely start with qualifications and start at the bottom and, and work your way up and get advice and, and listen to advice. And listen to what that society or group expect from you yeah. they are not all the same yeah. the rps wants different um material and styles from the mpa mm. that's just the way it goes and you get to know that there's no point entering in certain organizations if your style is just completely different mm. And I know that will be criticised as well, because someone will say, but if I'm a good photographer, why is it not recognised by this organisation? Uh, but, but that's it's like not. saying, you know, why, why would National Geographic pick one type of image for its cover exactly. and Profoto pick another? They're different. They're still the same standards, but they're different styles and flavours. And, and as a judge, when we're brought in and we get the judge's briefing, we are given a little bit of an indication of the flavours that we're looking for. And I remember a couple of years ago, the MPA, for instance, we had a very clear directive, as far as possible, ignore heavily post-processing, try and see through it to the photograph. Don't reward funky processing. Mm -hmm. 
And I equally saw the same year the SWPP's guidelines to the entrance. This didn't come up to the judges, but it was in the entrance guidelines. Post-processing is rewarded well. I think it said, it's, it's worded like that. And so we're looking at two different associations. I think for anyone that doesn't understand, what can I just expand mm, on that? Of course you can. That doesn't mean, have they re- done a good retouching on this? It no, is that's... complete. So it's the year after I first chaired it. Yeah. And... There were a lot of images that were had a, a massive team involved. Mm-hmm. So whilst it was this photographer's everyday work, the photographer or photographers often have very little input. Mm. If you have a design consultant and a makeup artist and a hairstylist and um, a fashion expert and blah, 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 that makes it unfair in competition. But we don't know that. No, I know, but that's, that's what we're saying. Yeah. Again, we can only judge what we see in front of us, but we are aware of this and we're not blown away by something that we feel has been created yeah. or would have to be created by a big team. I think certainly my experience at SWPP, when they had that line on, I don't know if it's still in there, when I used to enter, it was definitely a, it was about you know, interesting colour palettes and, you know, being a bit more avant-garde about it. And the MPA was a bit more photographer. And I know the example you're talking, I know exactly who you're talking about or what you were talking about. And yes, it's hard to see past sometimes what's the originating photograph. At the moment the button was pressed, is that in itself? But then it opens up the whole other category, doesn't it? You know, can you allow someone else to retouch your work? Well, Well, yes, the SWPP doesn't. Yes, but we didn't used to say everyone had to print their own work in the darkroom. That went off to a master printer. They got the best results out of that negative and the photographer entered it. So again, it's another very fine line that we are, again, open to criticism and we have to try and say we are being fair. And as far as I'm concerned, you you, you enter the best... That's right. I think best I, results. I think that's the, the correct summary, which is yeah. that I don't think I, we will be criticised. I'm sure people will email me now after the yeah. back of this podcast. As long as they've got your email address, that's not I've got mine. My that's email fine. Address. It's Sue K. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as I don't think we can be criticised if we're being honest about what we're judging. Yeah. If we're saying up front, this is what we're going to try yeah. and reward, and then we follow that through, I don't think you can chuck bricks when your heavily post-processed, funky, avant-garde image that was entered into child's portraiture doesn't do mm-hmm. so well, if we said up front, you know, this is the kind of thing. And, and, and sometimes it's, some, it's not even stated, it's just that the MPA, the BRPP, the SWPP, your PS, the AOP, these, these I mean, it's <laughs> a list of letters, but they all have a slightly different flavour. And what you have to do is a little bit of research. Exactly. That's Go what and saying, look yeah. at past winners. Go and look at the past competitions. Yeah, the same with qualifications. Mm. That's where we yeah. were yeah. heading. That with qualifications, they have, as you say, a different yeah. flavour. Sometimes an entirely different, different judging process. Yeah. So go and learn it. Um, go and figure it out. But it's still valuable because you can do nothing but further your experience and skill by doing it. Even if it doesn't reward you the way you're expecting, it really will reward you in terms of the quality and the creativity in the work you're producing. In my opinion. 
And you're nodding your head. This is no, a podcast. I th- I, <laughs> no, I was actually thinking of going on to say why... I thought you were going to say why do people need the qualifications? And I, and I think that... I'll answer that now I've asked it. <laughs> yeah, well done. It is <laughs> Whether or not you're going to put it... Well, I need to see your list. Um, I think that you need to go for qualifications to push yourself. And I think you get to the level you're at. And I'm not saying everyone will get to fellowship. There are photographers making a very decent living from and thoroughly enjoying their work at different levels, at associateship or whatever. But I think at whatever level you are capable of, you have to push yourself. I, I did it, as I said, I did my licentiateship just to ask for a job. Um, and then when I started work, I was working with my dad and everything was questioned from other people. So it was a case of, you know, is this her work or whatever? And I knew I had to prove myself. And I set myself the task of, of doing my associateship. I told them it would be three years and I told them it would be five years and I would get my fellowship. But in my head, I knew it was going to be, I would have my fellowship within three years, I think it was. And it was, a, and so I had to push myself. Mm. I had to... Um, work out what I could do to get to that level and I'm not saying those pictures would get a fellowship now it was 20 plus years ago Um, and then I I sort of withdrew for a while and thought yeah yeah I've got that and then I thought no now the next stage is entering competitions because unless you do that you are static and and it's not for the glory for me it's definitely not for the um, the glory because I'm not a I'm not one of the best photographers but it's for me to change the level I'm at mm. and I think everyone should be doing it for that reason yeah I mean certainly here we do it for three reasons <laughs> he says just double checking I've got three reasons I have <laughs> can you count to three yeah if it's three you should always get things into threes if you can uh, the first is as you so rightly said it pushes you it makes you produce stuff that you might not have done or certainly to a level that you might not necessarily do every day when you're bogged down in the day-to-day running of a studio or a small photography business. The second is that it's it's good marketing. Yeah, is no, that, definitely. Is that terrible? Yes. No, it's good marketing. That's definitely. Um, so if you win awards, um, of course it looks good on your website. Most people don't pay any attention to it, but you'd be surprised how many little tiny details in your business add up mm-hmm. to your brand. And then the third thing, which is quite specific in this business, is that it gives Sarah, my wife, who runs all of our brands and marketing here, a portfolio of images that she knows she can send anywhere because they're completely finished to the highest standard that I'm able to do at that moment in time. And so those, because I'll produce about 100, I suppose, for competitions in a year. We whittle that down, we don't enter them all, but they'll all be finished to that level. And that's a big portfolio of imagery that she can chuck around. And it's up to date. And yes. that's the other thing. It's not looking at <coughs> photos from 10 years ago. That's right. The other thing is... Oh, there's a fourth reason. There is a fourth Damn reason. It, that's no good. But I think it's probably incorporated in that. Apart from pushing yourself, I think it actually improves your photography. Yeah. Okay, so, uh, for example, I've just mentored someone just this week... Uh, she was judged with her licentiate panel and someone I've known a long time beautiful work absolutely beautiful work and I keep saying you're good enough apply 
just and and I get the same old reason what's the what's the point you know so is it really worth it and I said you need it just do it blah 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 so got this panel together and I went through it and I said I'm not sure about this and this and this because and as long as you can justify and say why and the photographer said yeah you're right hadn't seen that and I said with that in mind looking at symmetry looking at shape looking at balance whatever come back with some more pictures came back what do you think of this and I said fabulous why have you put out of 20 pictures why have you put in two black and white the rest are colour oh I don't know so I said well try them in colour see what you think came back love it better in colour and it's I think that goes through then what you're doing for your clients and gives you a different understanding. Yeah. I think that's it, that you actually, you're not necessarily going to only offer your clients 18 colour pictures and two black and white, but it gives you a different way of understanding how other people look at it. And it, same old story, it's not just you looking at your work. Yeah. So I think that's the other thing that it, I think it makes you better. I do too. No, I, I so well, does it? I don't know. I can't speak on behalf of everybody else. It made me better. Yeah. Well, she said, I'm not, oh, you know, I'm not going to be ready in time. I'll leave it. So I said, no, you're not. Get on with it. Get on with it. And yes, she passed this week. Fabulous. Great. It will move on to the next level. There's no question. But I think confidence wise, business wise, um, even the way she's taking the photographs, from stuff we've talked about has changed and will change. You start to think that way. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, so we've got four reasons. Yeah, I'm sure there's four. others. Well, I, I use it, there's a, there's a fifth here. Just, I'm, oh, here I'm we go. I'm determined to have an odd number. Uh, now, I think about this week's shoots, actually, the shoots I've just done. Um, and I do this with my clients a lot, is I'll suddenly spot something and I'll run and get it, whatever the shot is, and I'll be laughing saying, I can smell competitions. And it makes my clients laugh when I do it. But I'm being serious, you know. And what happens is my confidence and my sudden adrenaline, in the middle of being in the middle of a shoot, it would just be a random thing. Be like, oh, I can see it, there's a competition image here, and I'll grab it, or create it, or push for it, whatever it is. And they love that. And that is powerful. And that's, all, and that's come off the back of the fact that I have got some wins in my back, under my belt. So when I say that, they know I'm not just. But then that encompasses exactly what you've said. It's it's the good marketing. Yeah, it's the good client relations, but it's also is pushing you further because if you were thinking, do you know what? That's a nice picture. I'll do this. If you're thinking competition in the background, you're thinking, but if I do that little bit extra, it's going to possibly take it to that level. I'm not saying you don't do that with your clients. I do do that with my clients, but the clients love it. Yeah. Because they see that I'm driven and passionate and. their child might might be yes. something that I think is worthy of putting in a competition, yeah. and it's great to hear as a as a parent. Of course, it is. It means your and child's I mean got a lovely I I look, whether it's quirky or yeah. beautiful the, or whatever. The, the downside is sometimes you know I'll pull the focus and get it wrong or whatever because I'm still in the middle of a normal shoot, and my client will come back and say, "How's that competition image?" And then, well, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> it wasn't. At least you're honest. It wasn't. Uh, I got. Meant to yeah, you got to be honest. I think you have to be honest in this in this business, and. When I started out, I don't think I was. Not in a dishonest way, but you do that. Every shot is a great shot. When you start out, you're so nervous. Every shot has to be a great shot. And so you daren't say to someone, I've just wasted 10 minutes 
putting you in that light because it looks bloody awful. No, exactly. And now I do. If I put someone in light and take a shot, it's like, no, that's no good. And, and I just say, I'm sorry, that's my fault. You know, that light is not good for you. Yes. Come oh, on, I've often done that. And you think, yeah. you say, just give me a minute, blah, blah, blah. Can you climb up there? Can you do this? Yeah. And you look, and I don't even <laughs> take it. I look and I say, sorry, it doesn't work. Oh, I'll point the camera at it because the distortions sometimes are hard to predict. But you no. just... But if, it's, if it's, I don't like it, I don't take it. But you do it, get to a point where you're confident. You need the confidence to do that. But it's a really powerful thing to say to a client, no, that's no good. Not because it's powerful to say a picture isn't any good, but because it's telling them the rest were. Mm. It's the counter logic. If that shot's no good and he's honest enough to tell us... Then we know the other The other shot's yeah. probably worse. So when I say that's a competition image... You know, in my opinion, at that moment, it has all of the makings of a competition. Which obviously, when you get up on a screen. It's worth throwing into the conversation anyway. Yeah, isn't it? and yeah. I talk about it all the time. And also, what I'm hoping then is they'll let me sign the, the images, the image rights off. So we have a business model here where that's not automatic. Yeah. And it has its problems. So I, have a, I had a shoot the other day. I probably one of my favourite ever client interactions. So she came to the studio in advance to meet me, and said, "I want one image of my son." I don't want smiling. I don't want happy. He's beautiful, I think, said she. I want him gazing straight to the camera. I want an image on my wall that is properly powerful, powerful you know, and I want to look at it every day and just go, wow. Well, that's a photographer's dream, right? It's an easy gig. I'm only going to photograph one face. Um, and it's going to be competition level right from the get-go because she's an experienced buyer and knows what she wants. So I said to her, well, I said to her, I laughed. I said, well, of course, you know. But bring your family anyway. And of course, she put her husband and the dog and the boy. Beautiful. And I hit it, shot one. Never done that before. I mean, I always get pretty close. I know my lighting patterns. And it was outdoors. And I hit it. And he looked into the camera. And he just, he didn't, it didn't look like there was going to be much of an image. But I was really just warming up. And as I brought the camera up, he brought his eyes in. And he connected with the camera in a way that very few people do. Shot one. And I laughed, showed her the picture. She welled up because she could see the same image that I was seeing well I've now got a challenge I've got another hour of shooting or an hour yeah, and a half of shooting you've got to make something from which it which I've now got to you know and also a one shot shoot a one shot shoot is not necessarily good business it's okay if you can sell a really big but at that stage I had no idea how big she was going to buy it so we did the rest of the shoot and actually there's four or five really beautiful family images in there that would make Mate, <laughs> sorry, you crack on. You don't make this easy. Ignore him, Sarah. I know. I'm sure you do. I'm sure you don't need to be told. There's no way of doing it. Um, and so there's actually, in the end, I think three or four competition level images. One of their whole family, and there's some really nice. At least I know they're not well. going in this year because I'm not there. I mean, because because the deadline's closed, so it's. Fine. Well, this was just before the deadline. The problem was that they, as a privacy thing, have asked us not to release any of the images. Oh no! I can have them in here, so they will go onto the wall in here. But I'm not allowed to oh, use them publicly. Shame. And I just. That's <laughs> awful when they say that, isn't and it? And there's nothing I can do because we've built our business. We have very wealthy clients, very well-known clients, and we don't. I mean, we never do that. We never play with the, the celebrity card. But I have a lot of clients where they just don't want their no, I, images out there. You're the only other person that seems to say that. I have it so often. I reckon I have more no's than yeses. Please don't display them. Fine, okay. 
I, d- I don't doing... think it's more no's than yeses. But I think there, I... there is a really high correlation with the beautiful images and a no. <laughs> You're just oh. just gutting, absolutely yeah. gutting. And now, what I'm curious about is if I brought him back as a model, whether she'd let me. I'm not sure what the. But the question is, we, was. would you get it again? Oh yeah. Yeah. This, that this little sort boy. Of child. He, he, was, he wouldn't have noticed it necessarily from him. He was, he was quite shy, actually, and a little bit not certain what to do in front of the camera. But there was something about the curiosity in the way he looked at the camera when he swung it up. It was just... Fabulous. Yeah, magical. Your dream model. Your yeah, dream, it's like, it was like dream client. Model, you know? yeah. And it was, a, it, was a, it was a really beautiful thing. And there's one of those shoots where every shot I seemed to take was, oh, my God, that's a competition image. And then at the end of it, no rights. <laughs> 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 Oh, well, you know, but a really lovely client and I'm very happy because they're going to look fantastic on their wall. And, and, Which and is we do have permissions. the bottom line, isn't it? Well, we have permissions to use them in here. So Except the talks about competitions and judging, but yeah. that's, Sometimes that's that real happens. life. That's good. Yeah. But I'm still pushing uh, to do it. If you could change anything about competitions, what would you change? Oh, that I win. <laughs> um, <laughs> judging. Oh, I don't know. What would I change? I'd possibly make the um, time frame longer. I think that in a way it's quite hard to, but maybe that's because I'm involved in the judging and therefore I can't enter. Mm. So if I take something and I think that would be great, well actually two years later I still, I can't enter it. Cause I'd possibly make that a little bit longer mm. because I do see the, the benefit of it that actually you should constantly be creating good work. But I think I'd maybe change that. I'd maybe change which leads on from that, which is more important, that if it is a composite image, obviously you have to take every element of that Mm. composite. And I think that if it's a composite, certain elements can be taken... um, over a longer time frame because if you are the sort of photographer who builds things and has a library and wants to be able to to take a, a tree or a chair or a whatever from an image from three years ago then yeah. as long as the current image has been created recently I think certain elements or as long as the main image and if you can show the the digital file has been of the the main um, subject in the image has been taken in the last two years fine but certain elements Mm. if you've added some birds flying overhead or (laughs) whatever then they could be slightly longer yeah i can't think of anything else actually um i don't know what would you change Oh, blimey. You can't throw it back at me. Well, I'm I'm in a lucky position that anything I want to change, I've changed. Yeah. I have sort of made things slightly in my way, although I'm not going to be doing it anymore. So so after this year... I don't think there's necessarily much that I change. I mean, like you, you want to win and you're frustrated when you don't and you're forever confused as to how come your images... You know, you look at the images that win and you think, well, mine's better than that because, of course, you think that. there's, There's always that psychology... But I'm pretty pragmatic about these things. Um, and I think, having been a judge, and I've entered again this year because I know I couldn't judge, and I know my images stand a chance of doing okay. But what I do know is that those seven judges plus a chair will give me as an equal shout as mm-hmm. to every other photographer. So actually, 
as long as that's the judging process. I would like more people to see the judging process. Yes, I agree with you. I, I do feel But it's that always been possible. It's always been possible. It's an open judging. Yeah. It's, it is a huge um, resource, a fantastic opportunity to hear critiques constantly for two, three days, and very, very few people take us up yeah. on it. Well, I think I've met... In five plus years, I've probably met three people who've actually come in and sat in and the judging. And you just think it it's not fair that we then have any criticism or from people who may question whether it was a fair judging because they thought their image was fantastic or whatever. But we, we're open about it. They can see that as chair or whoever is chairing, I will say... Have you seen this? Have you looked at this? Have you been fair? Sometimes something will get 79, which knowing that 80 is a, a merit, and I will keep it back because I've possibly seen something, but I don't have a say in the judging. I can't turn around and say, I'm going to give that 85 or something. Yeah. I can only encourage people yeah. to, to look again. Um, and, and I want people to see how fair we are. I think that, that anyone who criticises hasn't seen the process. Yeah, and, I think um, that's true. And I encourage people to go in, but yeah. here's an honest truth from me is I can't go. Yeah. So I just can't. I've, I've, I've been to a few, so I'll do the regionals, I'll go and sit in the regionals. But with the nationals, I sent Sarah to go and take notes because yeah. I've got to hear bad news. I've got to hear it from someone who... Okay, fair I, enough. I couldn't do it. I couldn't sit there. And, and 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 that's and I still find it totally awkward. And well, then then people should if if people do find that hard, go on a year they don't enter, so they don't yes. hear a critique oh, of yeah, their own work. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, but just a, go and see the process. Understand how much care and attention is yeah. given to your image. Yeah. Is it may be one of three thousand. Yeah, but, but it is, is given. And and if there's ever a, a lull in. Um, I can't think what the word is when you're a bit lively, lulling uh, just in the whole proceedings if people are a bit quiet, if it's after lunch. We won't say, well, you know, we have to go on from one and three and then have a break. If it's 15 minutes and, and it looks like people are tired, we'll stop mm. and we'll have a break and we'll come back. And if, if people aren't able to concentrate at midnight when we're still judging like they were at nine o'clock in the morning, we'll have a longer break, but we have to get it done. And everything, as far as I'm concerned, is given the same care and attention. Yeah, I agree with you. I just find it... It's, it's just scary. It's, it's really very scary. scary and I'm not very good at it. That's, you know, that's me being very honest about it. Um, I'll take criticism, but I, I would rather take it from someone who's, who knows how to deliver it to me. Yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and even when we do selections upstairs. So I, this is a whole different conversation, but I don't do my own image kind. No. Sarah does it and she sends me a little note back and nine times out of ten it's a lovely little note it says beautiful shoot I found it hard to get the numbers down you know nice little encouragement occasionally it says not sure what you were thinking yeah but if you didn't wash up in the morning then you probably yeah. get a, a stronger note than that don't yeah, you Sarah's possibly the only person I can take that kind of yeah. feedback from regularly so I sent her instead I still learn from it but I wasn't going to put myself in, in that position uh, in general where do you find your inspiration 
I don't use Instagram as I should. Um, you should, should you? No, in terms of inspiration. I mean, I, I might follow 500 people right. because I've seen some of their work and I've thought, wow, that is beautiful. Yeah. But then six months later, I haven't opened Instagram again. Right, yeah. And I think, <laughs> but actually, I don't know what they've done and whatever. Um, as it happens, I posted something recently for the first time in, I think, two years. And oh, yeah, you always get a little note, the rest of us get a little note yeah. suitcase posted oh, for really? the first time in a, in <laughs> <Probably>. a while. <laughs> and I thought, right, I'm going to get it. So I looked and I looked, why am I following them? Why on earth did I follow them? So Instagram should be a, a great uh, inspiration, but for me it's not particularly. I think the odd occasion I'll see something on Facebook or in a magazine and I'll think that's interesting work yeah. uh, or I'll be someone will recommend to go and hear a speaker and I'll think I like that I really like that it's not particularly um, portrait photography because um, I do have a bit of a self-doubt I suppose that oh they're amazing and I'd never be able to do that and so I back away from it and it might be more documentary or street or um, I suppose documentary stuff is is really appealing to me and things like um or people like pete souza mm. with all the obama pictures that's probably my favorite my favorite book recently i just oh, is that think, what you're bringing in is it I, one of them one of them right. i i went through my book i'll tell you afterwards yeah. i went through my book library last night um so inspiration really comes from just seeing other people's work if I am judging obviously I think wow but it, it's never a case that I'll look at it and think right I'm going to copy that yeah. I don't think I ever do that I'd never I'd, I'd look at your work and say oh my god I love this image Paul's done but I don't feel I could necessarily or would it, would want to go and recreate it oh I do no I, I do. think I think I've done that recently with dog photography All right. I've done a lot of dog stuff recently that's been my new my new project, really. Oh, no. You see, I, I have the joy of being an incapable copier. So in my head, oh, I'm going to copy that. Brilliant. Yeah, but, but then you reality, make it your own. In reality, but then that's, I'm no good at copying. So yeah, but never... that's a good place to start then, at least. <laughs> but I just it? admit to it, I'm just going to copy that. And I know that by the time I've done, you know, one shot, the damn thing doesn't look anything like it. And you're back to your and own style. And I'm back style. to, yeah. you well, know, that's I've, what you're I've good inflicted at. my inimitable style on somebody else's inspiration, I suppose. Um and so actually, I've, I started out by saying, oh, I'll never copy. And then actually I learned that I can't copy. I've tried. Yeah, I don't I'm, think I can. I think maybe, <laughs> that's, no good at maybe that's what I'm trying to say, that actually <laughs> I, I can't I just do. do. I just, oh, right, I you know, this is what I think the lighting pattern is. This is the kind of characterization of it. I'm going to go for that. Because within three minutes, I'm no longer shooting that image. That style. Yeah. Um, because the biggest thing for me as a portrait photographer in particular is, and, and I laugh about this, it took me about four years to learn how to take a serious picture because I'm always joking messing around, around and joking. Yeah. So all my pictures were quite jovial. And, and, and if you if you put them into conversations, you could call them trivial because they were just me with a camera laughing. And so I, I still know that your the personality you have yeah. is actually what you inject into the image. And there's no getting away from that, I don't think. No. You can do what you like. No, and how, however much you admire or, or are desperate to be like someone else, yeah. You're I've not going tried. to. You're just I've not going tried. to. And, and people keep telling me I need to change. And it's just, I've tried and I, I am who I am. <laughs> and my images are what they are. But I do draw on yeah. other people's work. 
um, without really a head scratching. Thing. But you're, you're absolutely right. You are you are who you are. I my all my training was not just classical portraits, but with my dad, I had to be absolutely right. Yeah. If the hand that is totally unacceptable. Yeah, that's right. You know, if the hand was in the wrong place, if the head was slightly tilted wrong, yeah. and and then to to go to the far more relaxed modern type of portraits however much I try it in the back of my mind mm. I'm thinking I can't just keep shooting and and I watch other people and I go to demonstrations and they they're clicking away I'm thinking but just straighten the tie or just yeah, pull the, the socks up or down or whatever it yeah. might be yeah. and I annoy myself with it mm. but I am a bit pedantic I'm a bit of a perfectionist with my retouching I spend far too long far far too long but and it's things people will never notice um i did i do work for one school and the first time i did i had something 1500 or so pictures and i'd used two lights so there were two catch lights and i retouched every single one (laughs) no one will ever ever notice i don't think i'd have bothered for a school no one will ever notice but i know what i want to go out with my name on because i hate double catch lights in the eyes they really irritate me but I never use two lights again. <laughs> no, that's true. That's true. Yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of a single light. Yeah. So, don't know about inspiration. Sorry, that's not really well, very good answer. answered it, haven't you? We draw in life. I mean, I, I love um, art galleries. I go all around the world. Yeah. I work for the cruise company, so I get to go all around the world. And as long as whichever city I'm in has got an art gallery and a cathedral, Sarah will walk us to the cathedral. Right. She's not interested. It's not a religious thing. It's just you know, is a key part of a city's history. Um, and and I will go to, I'll take us to an art gallery. I just, I love And I'll often sit on the curb and I just watch people go past, yeah. yeah. I tried to book onto Mark Seymour's courses and so far haven't managed to get a date to work, which is really infuriating. So I, I did spend time with Mark. Yeah, he's brilliant, isn't he? Yeah, it was great. Nice guy. It was really too. good. Yeah, he came on here and he was, it was lovely to have him. He's sitting right where you are. <gasps> just like this. Just yeah. like that, talking about his photography in his life. It was great. And off the back of that, I'm like, definitely, I'm going to go and do your, spend the week with you. And every single day I've got gigs already, or, or we're working abroad or whatever it is. I took my nephew with me, actually. Did and you? Went, and, and it Where did you go? Went to India. Was it nice? Oh, fabulous. <laughs> really fabulous. <laughs> uh, one of these days, I will get that to happen. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, not yet. Right, now, we're going to get onto this thorny subject. I felt that we should. Oh, God. Now, you I don't know how to word me. this. Whatever it is, you could have warned me. I don't know how to word this. It isn't going to get either of us into trouble. So I'm going to word it just very straight. Uh, the question was, do you think it's harder to be a woman in this industry than to be a man in this industry? No. Expand. Okay. Expand. <laughs> um, I think it was. Right. And I think that it's a very tricky subject obviously but uh, I think that it depends who you are it depends your your position put it like that in and I mean the the only reason I think you would find it harder is because something we've already discussed the the need for your business put it like that why are you in business are you in business because, which unfortunately is a very common occurrence and I'm not degrading anybody, but 
you picked up a camera, you took a picture of your neighbor's kids, they loved it, therefore you're a photographer. Mm. Now, that's fine. Come into the business that way, come into the profession that way, but then learn from it. So don't assume that just because your neighbor liked the pictures, you're a great photographer. So, and, and because your husband, your partner, whoever is supporting you, you can play at, at being a professional photographer, yeah? Now, this is going to be cut, I know that, but... No, not necessarily, but... I no, so, so there's a difference. So there is, are you doing it because you like playing with photography and your partner is supporting you and therefore it's not that important? But I don't think that's a gender. Or, no, or, well, yes it is. Well, maybe it is on averages. I don't know, the hard bit, of course, is that, um, you know, when I came into the industry, I had exactly that. I was the guy with the camera and... I was supported by Sarah, who was still working her... No, but that's what I'm saying. Things have changed. Okay, yeah. so at the moment... Let me finish this, because I'll forget oh, what I'm saying. All right, all right. I'm too old to, to go back again. So, do you... Are you in it because you are being supported? Or yeah. are you in it because yeah. you have to support your family? Which is actually the way I was. And... That's, that's a big dividing factor to start with. But then I don't think it's harder to be a woman because I think that there are so many women coming into it that you just have to be good at what you do. And I think that you have to believe in what you do. I think it's very sad that there are a lot, there are probably more women than men in my mind that I see mm. talking, maybe because they talk more, but um, promoting themselves more and being more involved in, in um, learning, there are a lot of men at the top. There are far more men at the top, but a lot of those men have been around for longer or have been far more, I can't say dedicated to their business because that sounds wrong, but because they have been the main breadwinner, they've had to make it work. Yeah, needs must and all that. And therefore, they, I find it very hard to find female judges. Yeah. I've offered so many times with training and there aren't that many around. I think that's where my question came from when I sat down and thought out, what am I going to ask you? Um, my, my reasoning was that, because I've judged for you a couple of times as chair and I've, I've worked alongside you and you are one of a handful of senior judges who I've who are female senior judges who I've worked mm -hmm. with. The rest, yeah, <laughs> my door going. Uh, the rest, on the whole, are men. But I don't think. But the, your question was. What was your question? Your question was something question like: is it, is, it a, is it a disadvantage or is it? Is it harder? I think because I, I, what I see at the top at the moment, and I think you've, I think you've hit the nail on the head, which is that actually at the top of the industry. The lag time is about 20 years. Yeah. So 20 years ago. Exactly. You're absolutely right. Yeah. I think it was a predomination of men. And of course, it's still a predomination of men because we have a pretty long shelf life as photographers yeah. and you quietly work your way up. So all of these people starting at, at the beginning now in 20 years time, the demographic at the judging level, for instance, the fellows, the quals, all I've that I've just stuff. got it, actually. I think, expanding on that, Yes, it's so. So you're saying twenty years ago, sort of women from mm. twenty years ago coming through, as in mm. me, whatever. But 
you look at the last few years at fellowships, a lot more women are getting their fellowships, yeah. but they're not ready to judge yet. Yeah. Because I know that judging wasn't the question. Because a lot of them are doing exactly what you've said, which is a very limited genre of photography. Yeah. So if I come in as a newborn photographer, and I'm not obviously criticizing anyone, saying anyone newborn, whatever it might be. I come in as a newborn photographer because I took my pair, my friend's children's pictures and because uh, I then mix with all newborn photographers and I study newborn photography and I am an absolute ace at it. You know, I'm brilliant. But unfortunately, as a judge, you have to be not necessarily great at everything, but very aware of everything and adaptable yeah. to everything. So a lot of n people coming through as newborn photographers now will know nothing about wedding photography, will know nothing about, um, God, what are the other categories? Commercial photography, will know nothing about travel. So I know I've gone completely off track from what you said, <laughs> but yes, we need to get those those people up to fellowship level to then be judging we then need them to expand their knowledge and interest yeah. not necessarily start taking up wedding photography and and commercial but understand it and that's the thing about a good judge that you can adapt whether it's your your um, expertise or not you have to be able to judge everything at that level but that's totally irrelevant to whether it's harder <laughs> as a woman it's harder only to I think there's a perception still that it's a male-dominated industry. And I know that because I talk to a lot of people. It depends what, what, um, what your style of photography is. How many, how many male baby photographers are that's there? That's right. I, I think that's okay. A, yeah, fair, fair point. Very few. And what percentage of the current industry, the current profession, is newborn and family sorry young family photographers yeah I think we've got it's to high. the nub of I was hoping you kind of tell the story you did and I think we oh okay I, didn't say, I hope you're going to no, answer it no, properly no, which, is, which is I think there's a perception you know because this particular interview has been mostly about qualifications and uh, awards and judging and when you look at judges I mean it doesn't matter which organisation you look at it's a predominant it's many men. Men. yeah yeah um, and I suppose, you know, I've asked you a mean question, which is to ask of a woman, do you think it's harder as a woman than as a man? And I, I probably worded it really quite badly, but it got the reaction which I hoped, which is I think we have a historical, it's just a slow moving industry because not everybody, sorry, you, you can't instantly become experienced. No. <laughs> That's not how no. it works. Experience is a time-based yeah. puzzle. And you're absolutely right that we are looking back a long yeah. way well, and there it, were few women so, well, you in, see involved. Very, the, all of the top level, all the fellows and experienced judges, they're older and that should tell you everything you need to know. Yeah. Um, and yes, you know, we do need to bring fresh bl blood through, but you can't invent experience. That doesn't happen. You can train. You can, there's some phenomenal photographers who I really wished would get their letters because oh, I know. there's a couple of... I know. You know and if, I'm trying to encourage people saying, we want yeah. you to be judging. And, and before and we want anyone you... writes in and says, well, they're young, they're good, why don't you just make them judges? Imagine the criticism we'd get as a judging panel when someone with a licentiate yeah. 
is giving their opinion on a fellow and that fellow doesn't win. Can you imagine the uproar? How are they qualified to judge my work? And trust me, when I was chair of the MPA, those are the emails I got. So you can't do that. What you have to do is encourage people to come up through, get their qualifications. You need those letters because they are just a visible signal that you've earned your stripes ready to be a judge. And then you're absolutely right. But also get the experience by going to the judging and listen to the comments. It doesn't matter if you haven't put a panel in. It doesn't matter if you haven't put any prints in the awards. But go and listen and see... If you are, and I'm going to keep going back to baby photographer just because it, it, it's an easy, it's an easy yeah, one. If you are a baby photographer and you want to be judging, go to the judging, listen to why that wedding picture mm. didn't get the marks you think it should have done. Listen to why that, that portrait of you know a man walking along next to a canal blew everyone's mind when actually it, it was may have been part of a session, the guy may have been walking away, whatever the story is behind it, can you read into this picture and judge it on its technical ability and the photographer on their competence yeah. and, and listen and learn? Yeah. And that's the only thing you can do. Don't stay in your bubble of baby photography or, or any other bubble or of commercial matter. photography. Any you know, obviously we have um, on the panel, we've got commercial judges, uh, commercial yeah. photographers. They will judge portraits. Now, if they don't feel that is their expertise, they will not sit through the whole portrait panel. You know, they will offer their opinion where necessary, yeah. but they are there to judge the commercial work yeah. on the whole. I, w- I was recused myself from newborns. Yeah, I well, fair enough. Listen, That's fine. And I'll be there as an extra, particularly on print quality and post-production. I'll yeah. happily comment on that, but I'm not skilled at it. Yeah, and um, that's fair enough. And that's why we have a broad range of judges. We will have a commercial, a wedding, a, a more classical wedding photographer, yeah. a more yeah. modern wedding photographer. We will have family photographers. We will have a baby photographer. So we try and cover ourselves that if there's any question, I will bring in that expert and say, you are the commercial expert. Someone's questioning this lighting. How is it done? And they should know. On the whole, they will know the answer. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree with you. So what's next for you? What's the next thing on your... You don't want to know. Oh, really? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Haven't got a bloody clue. Uh, I moved out of my studio... A few weeks ago, in fact, now two months ago, and unfortunately, lots things going. Lot a lot has been going on family-wise, which has put everything on hold. But the original plan was to move out of my studio, move house, move to something slightly larger, work from home, blah blah blah. But that's not happening at the moment. So I really don't know. I, I sort of feel I'm a bit, a bit in limbo. I, as I said, I'm doing a lot of dog photography. Bloody hard work. You know, I'm laying on my front, laying on my back, climbing stairs, you name it. But I'm really enjoying it. And I think I need, I needed to do something different and exciting. And and I'm enjoying that. I don't really know where I'm going. But interestingly, I've probably spent more on training myself in the last couple of years than I've spent in 20 years because I'm looking for something different and I know I probably shouldn't be no I think I'm I'm in awe I think it's a great thing I think I don't know if I'm mad but I I just maybe I've been just been doing it a long time and I didn't change for a long time 
and therefore it got a little bit um I can't say boring because every new session is a different challenge isn't it but I, I I don't really know I know that's really not a good answer but I actually don't know where I'm going well, I, I, I think I, if, if you're a philosopher you say you're at a junction and you haven't yet figured I'm out I'm certainly at a junction or, no I'm actually at a roundabout and I'm going round and round and round, and round. um yeah, I probably am at a roundabout because I, I sort of, or a square because I think, right, that's the next point. And I get to the next point and I think, no, actually, yeah. that was. And I've gone round the square and I'm back to square one and I haven't really moved on. You know, that's a football analogy. Is it? Yeah, square one, I'm sure of that. It was when uh, radio commentators, because that came before TV, were commenting on football. Right. Square one. Now, I don't know whether it's the left or right. Put it square back one. square right and the, then they the worked the team and through that right. yeah so when the ball was passed back to square one okay so that's what it's from there you go to, see i learned to, something today back, back <laughs> either to way i can't remember someone's going to email me and say you've got that wrong it's like a baseball reference okay now i learned something it may be wrong but I i'm sure something. i'm sure it's to do with the radio commentators and having to describe on the radio the position and back to square one is I'm sure. I, I actually don't know where I'm going to be honest. I, I keep, what a lovely thing to. I keep thinking I know, and I keep thinking right. I'm going to try that, and I love it. Yeah. And then so even started teaching iPhone photography. Yeah. Right. Then I started with the street photography, but none of these are, are going to pay my bills. Yeah, that's the tough bit. Um, but I was just going to say something really profound. I completely forgot what it was. Um, I was going to say. So we've gone round a square. We've gone round a roundabout. You've done some iPhone photography. Yeah, I know what I was going to say. It was the fact that I often think of things way before other people, but I don't put them into practice, right. and then I'm trailing behind, and therefore I don't do it. Yeah. So even twenty years ago, I talked about teaching photography, setting up something which then actually um, Annabelle Williams and Catherine Connor did mm. with Aspire. I talked about that years before yeah. or, or around that time, I can't say exactly, but without knowing them, that was my plan, that I was going to set up a teaching school, I was going to teach photography, believe, I really believed I was going to do that and again for reasons it didn't happen. And then I'd move on to something else and I'd think, um, I mean, I did pictures over 20 years ago when, in fact, it was 19 years ago, I'm lying, of the same character repeated. I hadn't seen it, but it was the first time I was trying a white background with my son and I had six or eight very similar pictures. So I made them into a birthday card for my mum with little speech bubbles. And suddenly everyone was doing this style and so I do things but then I don't follow them through and make the money from them which sort of holds then holds me back and puts me back yeah. to square one again back to square one yeah anyway I'm clearly a football commentator <laughs> my son I, would love that, that. reference better be right or else you know I just know I'm going to get flamed I'll look it up before I release the podcast uh, so the last question you know it's coming for our wonderful semi-virtual library it's, it's semi-virtual in that uh, I haven't ordered every single book because some of them have been re prohibitively expensive. But every book that I can order um, and find a second. But that's copy. sort of what I do. And, yeah. and I've got lots of second-hand books. I loved it. I? The other day I bought the, the Triscothic book. 
It cost me a penny. It cost me What's two pound ninety-five. It's an autobiography. I can't remember the, net, the title of the book, but it's the one that um, Rob Panting, one of the interviews, recommended. It's, he was a famous cricketer at the top of his game. He's in Australia, playing the Ashes. Simply retired. Came home. A uh, combination of uh, psychological challenges. And it's all about that. I haven't okay. read it yet, but I've got the book upstairs. Yeah. Cost me a penny. £2.95 for the delivery, but it cost me a penny. I've done that with a lot. I've yeah, saw I things like... second-hand books. Oh, I can't think what his name is now. The the Royal royal Portrait Photographer. Royal Photographer. It's a little tiny book of, of Queen Elizabeth when she was oh, a is child. It, what's his name? Think, is it Quentin? No. no anyway, like that, things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And yeah, I buy them cheap. And yeah. uh, But then I'm trying to move house. So oh, I'm yeah, cli- trying, and everything goes in boxes. Yeah. And I think, do I really need all those books? And then I buy more books. Yeah, I buy but books. But I love books. Recently, I've bought um, two books by Karsh, of Karsh's work, because yeah. I think he is yeah. just someone I would love to yeah. to be like. Um, he's inspirational to me. Um, so my favourite Karsh, Do you want a favourite book? Or do no, you want... I want a book. I want one book. That you haven't got. No, well, I'll, I'll let you know if I've got it or not. But a book, when we add it to our library, if I said to a photographer, come in, have a look along the bookshelf, something will interest you. Something oh, I see. I'll... I didn't know if it was to learn the style of the... the it can the... be anything. So, uh, so my favourite recent book is uh, Pete Souza's book. Have you got that? No. Nope. Have you seen that? No. Nope. So and Pete's I'll season. tell you which one it is because I took a photo of it. I was going to say, I need to know. Because sometimes I Google it and there's about 25 variations of a book. It is that one. Obama, An Intimate Portrait. Obama, An Intimate Portrait. I saw him. I've got, I've got one book here on wildlife and I've got Karsh's book. They're probably... and Oh, and Albert Watson, Cyclops. I like that book. Well, the, the Karsh book but I've Car- already ordered because I, I was chatting with a consultant the other day. There's two. There's, um, in fact, I've got about four. But the others are in... Um, storage this one i think this is the better one a biography and images that one yeah that's the one i've ordered and this is the other one i've got beyond the camera because that picture that churchill picture just is classic but yeah the obama one is a all right well you've probably got two because i've ordered although we have never talked about it i've ordered that cash book uh so i'll put both down in get the pete souza one that is it's so interesting. And yeah, I've seen those pictures. Though, if you could hear him speak, I, I went up to Birmingham to hear him talk, right. and what a interesting guy. He spent seven years with Obama, yeah. with like one day off or something. Yeah. There's that shot of um, the Obamas in the lift, and um, Barack has given his jacket to his wife, isn't it? That was just, just after the, the lift, inauguration yeah. or whatever That's it was. Right. And the three... Um, Secret Service guys are standing there, not quite sure where to look because yeah. this is an intimate moment between them, but they can't be left on their own. So, yeah, that's a, it's a, a great fantastic book. picture, just a wonderful picture. And the whole book's like that. Yeah. All right. Well, that should go on the list. Uh, Suke, what an absolute pleasure and a privilege to have you sitting on our sofa chatting away. Thank you. Um, Thank you. It's always a luxury to spend time with you, and today's been no exception. Thank you. Should I say it was terrifying or not? You can say it's terrifying if it you wasn't, wish. It wasn't as bad as I thought. As bad as I thought? As bad as I thought? Honestly, all we did was sit and laugh and drink tea and coffee and talk about photography. I really don't think that's that terrifying. Um, 
and I, I hope it, come, it came across as I wasn't grilling anyone. I was <laughs> just chatting. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this podcast and I hope it shed some light on what goes on uh, behind the scenes when these images are being judged. And hopefully you got an idea of just how much work goes into it. There's a lot of skill, a lot of effort, a lot of time, uh, because of course, when the results are eventually announced in the next few weeks, uh, you'd like to think that the photography that gets the best prizes uh, or the photography that gets rewarded deserves its place and that's only possible through the diligence and hard work of Sue and her team of judges uh, when they sit down and do their thing if you've enjoyed this podcast I really hope you have again apologies that there's been a little bit of a gap uh, there are times when I wonder whether I shouldn't have done it as a set as a series or series of series uh, where we could have taken lots sort of more organised breaks but that was never to be in the way that I am where you know I'm busy but when I get a chance I sit down and record something and when I don't get a chance well uh, you can just trawl your way through the back issues uh, if you have enjoyed it please do subscribe wherever it is you normally get your podcasts uh, head over there and please do just hit that subscribe button that way podcasts like this one and all of the others will simply pop into your phone or onto your laptop or onto your iPad or whatever is your gadget of choice uh, whenever there's a new one um, if you'd like to head over to iTunes and leave us a review, that would be wonderful. We do read them. We do love them. We have no way of getting back in touch with you because unlike every other system on the planet, iTunes does not allow us to reply. But please do trust us. We read them all. And if I can figure out who they are, I do drop them an email. Uh, it's really good. Uh, also leave us a rating, a review rating. Five stars would be lovely. Four stars would be great. Three stars, well, if you're going to give us three stars below, could you email me and tell me what we could do to make it better? Uh, because that would be wonderful. Uh, but in the meantime, head over to masteringportraitphotography.com, uh, which is the spiritual home of this podcast and our book, and of course, a whole ton uh, of resources dedicated to the passion and business of portrait photography. We really do hope uh, to see you over there. And then remember, until the next time, be kind to yourselves. Take care.